0: Greetings, people up by God. Welcome to worship on this uh, 13th weekend after Pentecost. Welcome everybody here in the building. We also welcome all those who are online, either watching online or listening online. Uh, welcome everybody to worship. Especially for those who are online, you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. And there under the resources tab, you can find the bulletin for this service and follow along that way. Uh, you can also, under the give tab, uh, give your offering to the Lord and His church. Just a few announcements uh, for you today is before we begin worship. Next Sunday, the 29th of August, you are invited to Concordia Seminary for the kickoff of their 2021-2022 concert series. Uh, That first concert is actually a hymn festival that will take place that day, August 29th, at 3 p.m. in the chapel of St. Timothy and St. Titus down at the seminary. The festival will feature our own Dr. Marriott as well as the St. Louis Lutheran Chorale. And if you can't go, if you can't be there in person, you can still live stream that hymn fest. Uh, Information for that is in your chapel weekly, so take a look at that. A heads up that the Mary Martha Guild Mix and Fixins will return this year. They will be taking pre-orders during the month of September. And you can visit uh, Crocus Bookstore to see a list of the Mix and Fixins that are available. Then um, after the pre-orders will be received, those will be available for pickup at the end of October. So just keep that in mind. One last item for your calendar. We are very pleased to announce that the Box Society of St. Louis will be performing a concert here at Chapel of the Cross on Saturday, October 23rd at 3 p.m. Uh, that concert will be free of charge. It will be open to the public. Uh, so please mark that on your calendars. Invite people to come with you and be in attendance for that special concert as we host that acclaimed choir. That's October 23rd at 3 p.m. And in our prayers today, we will pray for the family and loved ones of Anita Wegner. Anita died in the Lord this past Friday. Uh, Funeral arrangements are still pending, and when we have that information, we will pass that along. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together our opening hymn, Lord Jesus Christ, with us abide, hymn number 585 in our hymn book, or you can look at it in in your bulletin today. We stand to sing together.
1: and lead us so that that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name amen in the mercy of almighty god jesus christ was given to die for us and for his sake god forgives us all our sins to those who believe in jesus christ he gives the power to become the children of god and bestows on them the holy spirit may the lord who has begun this good work in us Bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, to know your Son Jesus is life. Give us the grace to know Him and to worship you in spirit and in truth. Conform our lives to your design, and cast away from us everything that hinders our true worship. through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah, chapter 29. For you, this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll. And if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say to him, read this, please, he will answer, I can't, it is sealed. Or if you give the scroll to someone who cannot read and say, read this, please, he will answer, I don't know how to read. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think, who sees us? Who will know? You turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, He did not make me. Can the pot say of the potter, He knows nothing? In a very short time, will not Lebanon be turned into a fertile field, and the fertile field seem like a forest? In that day, the deaf will hear the words of the scroll, and out of gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Once more, the humble will rejoice in the Lord. The needy will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We now read Psalm 14 responsibly. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned aside they have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers never learn, those who devour my people as men eat bread and who do not call on the Lord? There they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, what sa- oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion! When the Lord restores the fortunes of His people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our epistle reading comes from Ephesians, chapter 5. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. please stand the holy gospel according to st mark the seventh chapter glory to you o lord the pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from jerusalem gathered around jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean that is unwashed the pharisees He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Corbin, that is, a gift devoted to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus you nullify the words of God, by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ.
0: grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. They had come all the way from Jerusalem to catch him. Not out of love for God. Not out of love for God's people. And not out of love for God's law either. They came to catch him because they were threatened by him. He threatened to undermine their power over the crowd. And they hated him for that. They had been watching him all day. They had not been able to find anything wrong. He he was obviously an observer of the law and the way he dressed and what he said and his behavior. There was nothing wrong that they could pin on Jesus. So they gave up on Jesus. They stopped looking at him Instead, they started to watch his followers, his disciples. They looked, they watched, and finally, finally, they saw it. They caught sight of some of Jesus' disciples who did not wash their hands before they started to eat. They did not do the ceremonial washing. They they skipped the tradition of the ritual that was so very important to them. Now, if there's one thing for sure, those Pharisees who are very, very religious people, they took their religion very seriously. And to show how serious they were about their religion, they had a rule for just about everything. They had rules for washing their hands, about how far they could walk, about what they could wear, about avoiding certain people, about saying certain prayers. They had hundreds and hundreds of small little rules that if you were really serious about your religion, you must follow them. And if there is one thing those Pharisees did not like, was somebody not following the rules. And when they saw Jesus' disciples not following the rules, oh, the audacity! They were eating with unclean hands. And the Pharisees called them on it. Why are your disciples not following the rules? We've always done it this way. Why are they not upholding our traditions? That's what it was, by the way. Just a tradition. Many years before, God gave a simple command to the priests, wash in the bronze basin before you enter the tent of meeting. But God did not command what the Pharisees are doing. This is their own rule. This is their own ritual. This is their own tradition. And this was their attempt to be holier than everybody else by doing more than what God said to do. See, they thought that if they observed and followed these various man-made traditions and rules and regulations, then somehow they would be godly and more holy and spiritually clean before God. You turn things upside down It's how the prophet Isaiah responds to this kind of thing in our Old Testament reading. Or, as Martin Luther wrote in his large catechism, he said, it seems to me that we shall have our hands full to keep these Ten Commandments without adding extra ones to them. But here they were, demanding that the rules, the rituals, the traditions be upheld. Now, Tradition is not necessarily a bad thing, is it? I mean, I like tradition. I would say that most of us here really value tradition. Who would want to stop lighting candles and sing, singing Silent Night, Holy Night on Christmas Eve? Now, most of us think that's just a wonderful tradition, a great tradition. How often have you had spaghetti on Thanksgiving? I mean, I like spaghetti just as much as the next guy, but that's just weird. I mean, you need to have turkey on Thanksgiving, or at least ham. We fly our American flag on July 4th, or Memorial Day, or Flag Day, Veterans Day. I mean, that's a tradition, it's a good tradition. When you go to a wedding, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see a bride and groom exchanging rings. That's a tradition. I mean, nowhere in the Bible does it say that a bride and groom have to exchange rings at a wedding. That's a human tradition, but it's really beautiful, and we really love it. And and certainly there are quite a few traditions, even within the Christian church. If you have been a member or a regular attender at another church other than this one, you know that different churches have different traditions. At some churches, people kneel for prayer. And there are churches that even have these little neat uh, kind of um, kneelers that fold out and, and, and then people can kneel on those for prayer. Others, they don't do that. They, they sit for prayer. And others, like, like chapel, we, we generally stand for prayer. Those are all just different traditions. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. That's a tradition. Nowhere in the Bible does it say whenever the Gospel is read, you've got to stand up. But we do that because it's a great tradition of showing awe and reverence and respect for the words and the works of Jesus Christ. In the past, in the Middle Ages, soldiers would would put down their swords. Kings would remove their crowns when the gospel was read. Oh, what a wonderful tradition. Holy Communion, Lord's Supper, that, that is a lot more than just a tradition, but there is tradition in the way we receive it not done it for about a year and a half now I mean COVID has really messed with our traditions hasn't it but normally our tradition is that we take communion up here around this altar and that's a great tradition and I'm looking forward to getting back to that at some point hopefully sooner rather than later I mean it's it's wonderful to come forward and to kneel and to take some time and to be quiet in God's presence That tradition does not mean that taking communion in the pew or in a continuous line like we're doing for the time being is wrong. It's just a different tradition. Now, now the Bible does not order those kind of things. It does not order those traditions that we do. But they're traditions, and I think they're good traditions, and they help us worship and, and bless our time together. And I think we're better because of it. But what happens when the traditions get in the way of the word of God. Jesus, and really all of scripture, is very, very clear. Any religious tradition that replaces or contradicts the truth of the Bible, that tradition, it needs to go. That is when tradition is not helpful, is not blessed, is not complimentary. Rather, when tradition replaces or contradicts scripture, it becomes dangerous. It becomes legalistic. And in effect, it becomes idolatry. That's what this text from Mark 7 is about. Jesus is really kind of upset in this passage. He confronts those Pharisees and their traditions, and three times in three different verses he says the same thing. I mean, you know when Jesus says something more than once, you better pay attention. If Jesus says something once, pay attention. If he says it three times, my goodness. Verse 8, to the Pharisees, he says, You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. The next verse, verse 9, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. Verse 13, Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. I mean, imagine this. Here are Jesus and his disciples, and they've been spending time preaching and teaching. Jesus has healed sick people. He's turned water into wine. He's calmed a storm with a word. People are coming coming to faith in Messiah. They are gaining eternal life. I mean, what a tremendous thing is going on here. Jesus Christ, God himself, is literally in their midst. And what do the Pharisees focus on? Hey, your disciples aren't doing the traditional things that we're supposed to be doing. They're not washing before eating. No wonder Jesus is upset. No wonder he calls the Pharisees hypocrites. And Jesus quotes Isaiah 29, verse 13, which the Pharisees would have known very, very well. They would have been familiar with that. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. But Jesus did not have a problem with tradition. He really didn't. He did not, certainly did not have a problem with following rules. What Jesus could not stand was the Pharisees' superficial acts of righteousness. Because for them, it was all just a show. It was all just an act. And their hearts were very, very far away from their God. I think it's kind of easy to kind of look down on those hypocritical Pharisees. And it's easy to say, well, that's a Pharisee problem. It's easy to pray, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like one of them. But truly, we're not that different from them. And I don't think we're a whole lot smarter or better. In fact, oftentimes there is a Pharisee in you and me who wants to please God with our own works, and oftentimes there's a Pharisee in you and me who thinks he can impress God with our piety, impress God with our good behavior, and certainly the Pharisees have not cornered the market on hypocritical behavior. I mean, just take a little look in the mirror, and I'll clear that up. It's very easy to kind of just check the box on the religious to-do list to hold those artificial acts of righteousness just a show, just an act. All the while, our hearts are far from our Lord and our Savior. <laughs> That's not true religion. That's not true worship. That's not what I want from my followers, Jesus says. I don't want your hearts far from me. I want to be close to you, and I want you to be close to me. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, come to me, you who are weary, and I will give you rest. You will not find rest in the legalistic traditions and rules made by men. You will never find rest there. True rest is only found in the gospel of Jesus. True rest is only found in the grace of the cross, the blessing of forgiveness, the victory of it is finished, the truth of that open and empty grave, the promise of everlasting life. That's true rest. Come to me, Jesus says. Come near to me, and I will give you rest. And the beautiful thing is that when our God comes near to us, when he draws us to himself, he cleanses us. You know, the Pharisees are so concerned about this outward washing that was just really just a ritual, it was just a tradition. But God, in the washing of holy baptism, gives us an internal washing from sin, cleansing us and washing us of that dirt and stain and filth of our sinful hearts. Saint Paul talks about it this way in the Epistle reading for today. He says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In that baptism, commanded by God, blessed by God, accomplished by God, we are made clean. We are delivered. We are saved. Just as he promised. He has made us clean. And it's got nothing to do with how well we have done or by what law we have followed, what tradition that we have upheld. It is not our tradition that has made us clean. It is his grace and his love and his mercy. And we go forth from this place near to our God with cleansed hearts, living our lives for him. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
1: Please stand. We now confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible who with Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
0: We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, we pray for the Christian church, both here and throughout the world, that united in the redeeming blood of Christ, we share the saving gospel wherever we are and to whomever we meet. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good Lord, we pray for the living out of our vocations that all who are blessed with callings in our homes, in our workplaces, in our larger society, and in the church faithfully represent our Savior by what we say and do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for husband and wife, child and family, widowed and single, that all who receive God's grace in their various vocations know contentment and live noble, upright, and holy lives. Lord, in your mercy... Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for all public servants who selflessly serve others, including the members of our armed forces, that you would defend them and that they would take refuge in your merciful care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Lord, we pray for all who suffer in heart, mind, and body. Today, we especially remember Donna Dansbury, Ara Ellis, Darlene Franklin, Mardell Brown. Moses Gilliam, and Ceci Spencer. We ask that you bring your healing touch to all who are in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who mourn the death of loved ones. Today, we especially remember the family and loved ones of Anita Wegener, who died in the Lord this past Friday. Give to them your resurrection comfort, peace, and strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for those affected by the earthquake in Haiti. Give peace and comfort to the many families who have lost loved ones in this disaster. Provide for the many who have lost homes and have no place to live. Give strength to rescue and relief workers who are present in Haiti. And help all in that country to lean on and to trust in you as they begin the long road to recovery. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, we pray for the people of Afghanistan. Make your presence known, especially among the oppressed and the vulnerable. Send your spirit and rally the resolve of the nations of the earth to find pathways to save human lives, protect human rights, and to resolve the hardships of those seeking refuge, asylum, and safety. Teach us how to respond in love to this crisis as we place our hope in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good Lord, we pray in thanksgiving and in praise with those who are celebrating special gifts of your grace, especially Jim and Kathy Crozier as they celebrate their 54th wedding anniversary, Kathy Glenn and her family as they celebrate her 66th birthday, and Marcia Homan and her family as they celebrate her 92nd birthday. We praise you, Lord, that you continue to show your love and your grace to your people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord. Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ in the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples and he said take eat this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins this do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together, How Clear Is Our Vocation, Lord? Page 19 in your bulletin.